This is the Chiefs' official podcast network. Take advantage of the day. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. And hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Defending the Kingdom. We get this much closer to training camp. We know it is going to be at the Chiefs training facility in Kansas City, not St. Joe. We now know at least that much. But other than that, that's about all we know. Mitch Holtis with you, the uh, voice of the Chiefs, along with the man that we call the shop, the spider, the barber shop, Sean Barber, 10-year National Football League veteran. So we get ready for camp. We're going to jump into the linebackers. But before we do, we do know everybody's going to have camp at their home facility, and that creates a whole lot of business going on to figure out how this is going to work. Man, it's so strange to not have uh, training camp where you can get away and, and clear your mind and clear your schedule and know from, you know, the end of July to early September, um, you'll be able just to focus on football. Uh, most of the guys going to be right at home. You're going to you're going to have guys um, having practice at their own facilities. That's going to be a little bit different than um, than most teams are used to. I think there, there might have been four or five teams that currently did that um, in, in the previous few seasons. But most every team in the NFL would always take advantage of getting away um, to create that that camp atmosphere because you needed those battles. You needed that. That, that time for, 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 for bonding, uh, for teammates to bond with one another. And they're going to have to kind of miss out on that. So um, another another opportunity, I think, to take advantage in the Chiefs' kingdom, uh, because we have so many returning starters, I think we're already starting uh, with some of that, that that bonding already have taken place last season. Andy Reid, I've only been doing this 27 years, Shop. So this will be my 27th year. Hopefully I got a 27th year. Honestly, the seven best camps – maybe six of the best seven in my tenure have been Andy Reid camps. No wasted time. He uses it. He loves St. Joe. He uses it. But now I'm curious to see what he's going to do in this COVID environment to create what he has done, the magic he has built in the seven years prior. No wasted time. Every team is separate. He talks about every team being different, but he molds that team. Like the clay starts to get molded in training camp in those precious weeks. And so I'm just curious to see what, Big Red will do in this new environment where uh, the NFL has said you're staying at home. Yeah, I think every team starts off with a blueprint. And I think the 2019 Chiefs team won a Super Bowl as a championship level. That's just a blueprint to start with. I think we're still going to make some tweaks and some adjustments. It's like when you get that new Ferrari um, and you want that 2021 version. It's got a couple of upgrades that you're not ready for. So um, I'm, I'm very curious about what kind of upgrades we make to the 2020 uh, Chiefs um, offense and defense. Well, let's jump into this focus on camp battles. And that is with the position that you played for 10 years in this league, right in your wheelhouse. That is the linebacker position uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Before we get cranked up, one of our very faithful Defending the Kingdom um, engagers, listens, watches, loves, watches, loves it, is a dude named Paul Hansen. And I saw him, actually, COVID-friendly, uh, <laughs> but he said, I listened to your DBs one. He said, I loved it because you kind of redefined camp battles a little bit because you yes, talked about Javarius Ward, about how you know he's not necessarily battling for a spot. He's battling for his NFL positioning and to get even better. Like he took it a level higher last year, and now he can go to another level, and that's what he has to get done in this camp. This position, to me, is also reflective of that same thing. I'm going to jump in here in a second, but what about that first? 
let's redefine that camp battles isn't necessarily me trying to beat you out or you me be it you beating me out. It's you trying to become a way better player than you even thought you could be. Man, we talk about a pro being a pro and how to accept the responsibility of being an NFL player and what a privilege it is to play at this level. Um, it starts with your mindset. It starts with an individual understanding what their strengths and weaknesses are and not letting their weaknesses be exposed. And sometimes finding a way to use that weakness as a strength. I know that sounds like uh, a very tough decision and a tough way to go about your life, but that's what players are are, are, are challenged with on a daily basis. Do not let yesterday be better than today. Don't let your good prevent you from being great. Continue to have a growth mindset in everything you do when it comes to your abilities on and off the football field. And you have to do all that stuff in a split second. There is no there, there is no learning curve. No one's waiting for you. Uh, this, this championship train is going to keep rolling from stop to stop to stop. And it's about which players can get rolling and get going on, on, on Andy Reid's level and the pace that we play and perform and be able to add to what this team has already achieved. We've achieved so much over the last um, three or four seasons that the expectation, the, the bar is already set so high here in Kansas City. We got to have players that are willing to come into camp, challenge themselves on a daily basis to get better, fine tune, detail their work. Um, those are the kind of conversations you're having in every position, in every uh, team meeting, um, in, every, in every talk between player and coach. And the players that can accept that challenge and then go to work, go to camp and go to work on their own body of work, get better, hone their skills. That's going to be the type of players that uh, end up with starting positions in the 2020 season. That being said, that segues nicely into where I'm going to jump into first. And it's a peculiar place. And it's Damian Wilson. Now, hear me out on this. I'm going to throw some stats out here. First all right. of all, here's why he's intriguing to me in this conversation. Damian Wilson out of Minnesota was drafted by the Cowboys in the fourth round of the 100, 127th pick. Sean Barber was drafted out of the <laughs> University of Richmond in the fourth round with the 113th pick. So you catch my drift? Yeah, yeah. We, we right. from the same, right. Cut from the same cloth. Same deal. Now. Let's just go over Damian Wilson here because Damian Williams, the running back, is called playoff Damian. You could argue Damian Wilson on the defensive side became playoff Damian. To me, in watching him, his best football were in the three playoff wins of the 2019 season. Here we go. Houston. He only played 38 plays. Wasn't in on some of the sub downs. Eight tackles tied for the team lead. Key point. Chiefs are down 24 to 7. He makes a play holding Carlos Hyde to a one-yard run on second and five, down 17. That leads to the fake punt tackle by Sorensen and the avalanche in that game. Point one. Point two. Tennessee, seven tackles in that game, six unassisted. Super Bowl 54, 38 plays. Damian Wilson had four tackles, two unassisted, and two assisted. 10-10 tie. Third quarter. San Francisco's got the Chiefs uh, on their heels. Chiefs defense on roller skates. San Francisco driving, second and five, a stuff. Zero gain, Damian Wilson on Mostert. They have to settle for a field goal. They get a touchdown later, but that deficit to overcome was 20 to 10, not 24 to 10. And I want to start this conversation with Damian Wilson because he entered the league almost the same spot, 14 picks from where you entered the league. He, to me, is a Chavarius Ward discussion because his camp battle is you now prove that you played here in the playoffs. 
Now, can you go to here next year? Yeah, and D-Dub is a special guy in my eyes because actually we actually have the same agent. So we actually came from a similar uh, similar upbringing, sim- similar introduction to the league. Uh, like you say, only 14 picks apart. Um, um, about three decades uh, difference between our ages. But um, um, entering the league as a fourth-round pick, you understand that your, avail- your availability is one of your best abilities. You have to be available to play um, high-level ball. You only get so many opportunities. And that's what he does I think better than any linebacker we have on our roster is he makes the most of every play, whether it's a, a, a loose ball to get, uh, um, a, a ball to punch out, getting a hand on the ball, um, being there to make a, a key third down stop to make him punt. So he doesn't get the, the amount of reps that some of the other linebackers get. But when you talk about the, the amount of bang for your buck for each play, he's he's always in the mix. He always has a great nose for the football. Um, and he plays at a very high level when he's out there. So that's a guy who, um, uh, yeah, we share a lot of things. To, to, you know, we share a lot in common with our, our draft ability, um, our potential on the field. But I also think we share that playmaking ability. That's one of the things I think I was known for as a player um, my 10 years in the league. Um, always having a nose for that football. Always wanting to create a turnover and make a big play. He's very similar in, that, in, in those in those um, in, in those skills. But also... Um, the way he handles his business as being a sports stars representative, um, he's always trying to become a, a little bit better. He's always trying to take every day and find some way to get a little bit better. And I know Coach Spagnola loves that about this young man. So, again, our defending the kingdom definition of camp battles is a little bit, well, not different. It's just expanded here. Yes. And one of it is guys like Javarius Ward we talked about last week and Damian Wilson this week. Because they have shown they played at a higher level. Now can they go to even a higher level? Anthony Hitchens is probably most talked about. 88 tackles last year, 153 the year before. Hitch had some injury issues last year. But to me, the propensity, he had five tackles in Super Bowl 54. The other thing is his game at Denver. Remember, Mahomes is hurt. Uh, it And that Denver crowd is thinking, hey, we got a shot at getting these guys now because Mahomes is out of here. He gets two sacks in that game and the biggest force fumble of the year, arguably, <laughs> when he hacks it out from Flacco, Raglan runs it in and they get a defensive score. Hitch wears the green dot. So now all of a sudden that dude's got a lot of responsibility. What about Anthony Hitchens going into 2020? Man, he's like a mad professor, man. He understands his his football knowledge is way beyond his years. And he's a, he's a seasoned player. So to, to talk about him in an in a, in a aspect that he is um, playing well beyond his years is the, the biggest compliment I can give any linebacker. Um, he plays like he's a 10-year vet. He plays with so much calm and poise. Um, and he understands the, the, the ebbs and flows of a game. You never see him out of control. It's a, it's a controlled insanity. It's a it's a, it's a, it's a um, it's a wild man's mentality. But he but he controls it enough to call the plays, get the defense set, makes the line calls, makes the adjustments, and he's always ready for that next play. He's no no matter what the score is, he's always ready for that next assignment. And that's what you gotta love about a guy who can bring everybody together, look everybody in the eye, man to man, look him in the eye, and tell him what exactly needs to be done be done this down for the defense to get off the field. So I love that leadership quality that Hitchens brings, uh, but we know he hits like a Mack truck also. So if you're standing in his way, he stands six foot tall, about 235, but he hits like somebody who's 6'6", 240, 245. So um, um, I call him Hitman for a reason, and he's been doing that at a high level ever since he entered the league uh, from the University of Iowa. Fearless. 
the thing when I've been around Hitch now for two years, I would say he's fearless. And when you see him approach camp, he he's he's an Andy Reid guy because he approaches camp every day like it's the Super Bowl. And he's ready to go every day. I've never seen him dog it. I've never seen him go, well, I'm going to take this day off and kind of cruise. It's just not the d- way the dude's wired. And to me, he sets the tone for this room in the way he approaches his work. Ben Neiman is interesting. Um, he has turned into like can do a lot of different things for this team. Uh, the two big plays he made in the Super Bowl were that pressure on Garoppolo and that delayed blitz. We've now seen it a thousand times. Legal hit, but Garoppolo got his jaw jacked. <laughs> not the same after that hit by Neiman. Was not the same shot. And then his great coverage on kickoff coverage after the touchdown to make it 20-17, to 17, where he smokes the returner at the 19-yard line, just keeping the pressure on. Neiman, to me, was a little bit like Damian Wilson. I just saw his confidence continue to grow, and he was handed a lot of duties and said, "I'll just give me what you got, and I'll figure it out. Yeah, you you can tell that Ben is the son of a football guy. You can tell he has football in his blood. Um, no, 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 no situation is too much for him. You can have him learn Mike, Will, and Sam. Um, he understands football. He's an instinctive player, and that's one of the things I've said. Um, even after watching him during camp a, a season ago, I said he was the most instinctive player we had on our ball team as a rookie. It's just certain way he fits into plays. He knows um, when he sees a pull and double. You know, he sees flashes of color in front of him he doesn't have to see actual players pull or down block he sees things as a as a screenshot it's a flash of color and that tells him where he needs to in, 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 where he needs to uh input himself as a middle linebacker or what, as an outside linebacker he just has a tremendous field of the game and we talk about some of the great hits we've seen over the last few years that ben neiman hit on garoppolo reminds me of a lot about when dj yeah yeah mm-hmm. I got I got stupid DJ uh, hit Mariota and separated the ball from him. Somehow that was called forward progress. We still think that's probably one of the worst calls in Chiefs history. Um, but that 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 type of mentality of knowing when the green dog is when you add on your guy blocks, you add on to the, the rush. Um, it takes a certain amount of uh, confidence in your ability and understanding the entire defensive velocity to understand when you can do that. And when he pulls that trigger and goes. He has that 6'4", 235, 245-pound frame to make the most of all his God-given abilities. And he's done that. Again, another guy from Iowa, great historic uh, for linebackers coming out of Iowa, knows football. I think my former coach had a chance to coach him for a few years, Coach Jim Reed, um, who was with Iowa's defensive program when they was ranked top 10 defensively year after year after year. Um, so he's been doing a great job since entering the league as far as just do- knowing his job, knowing what, what his role is on every defense, including the special teams, because that's when he was making a serious impact on our ball team. Shop to me. People say, well, hey, he ain't Ray Lewis and he's not Brian Erlacher. Yeah, he, he knows that. He knows that. But he goes, here's what Ben Neiman does for you to help you win football games. He knows he's not Ray Lewis. But he also knows what Ben Neiman can do to fit in to this defense and in special teams because this dude helps us win football games. Dorian O'Daniel is interesting to me because we saw at the end of the year, we know we saw flashes the year before, uh, and again, he's this hybrid guy. Uh, again, some similarities to your game. He's got the athletic ability to cover, um, can turn his hips. He is not afraid, though, to come up and attack a ball carrier or put a hit on you. But I saw – I'm interested in him in this training camp to watch him because – I saw maybe Madhouse and Spags get a little more confidence in him as the season went on. 
it's always interesting to see what happens when coaches start talking positively into players. <laughs> an, an expectation of, man, we, we have belief in you. We have faith in you. We know you can do X, Y, and Z instead of constantly telling the guy that he, he he's not aligned in the right place or he, he doesn't understand these things. It's, it's just a way of, 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 of talking and communicating with a player so that he also believes that he's belongs at this level and can play at this level. Um, I think when Coach Spags got here, um, he had a guy that was a little broken, a little bit, um, his, his confidence and his abilities, um, not knowing exactly what packages he was going to be on and where he actually fits on this team was something that I think DOD, um, Dorian, struggled with um, at the end of um, Bob Sutton's um, tenure here. But now we see there's a, there's a role for Dorian O'Daniel. It starts with the special teams. It starts with the sub package. And what we've seen in the NFL is that your sub package is what you're in 70% of the ball game. So a guy that can really excel when it comes to the passing down, his passing coverage, his ability to cover the running backs out of the backfield. We know how special some of the running backs are. We play year in and year out. The ability to do that at a high level and shut them down is something that every team um, needs multiple guys on their roster that can do that at a high level. And Dorian O'Dan is the guy that I think is, is the more he learns about um, his just fine tuning his game and really become a a, a master of certain uh, techniques involved in certain defenses. He will take his he he was definitely take his name take his game to the next uh, level. And that's one of the guys I am most excited to see during training camp because now it's year three for him and it's kind of like that either is where the road hits the rubber right. It's the rubber hits the road. It's it's time for that guy to to come and let us know what DOD actually brings to the Chiefs on a championship team and what he's going to bring to the 2020 season. I think everybody in the building is excited about seeing that kid when he comes back. Shop, you speak some wisdom when a coach can speak into a player from a positive standpoint and make them think that they're different. Uh, this is going to be next week, but we're going to get into Tano Passanio because when you were going through those that description, to me, Tano like blew up in my screen. That's next week's show. But to me, he is in that category because he became a real contributor to a world champion team because of the very thing you said. Now, with DOD's game, it segues perfectly into Willie Gay Jr. Ooh. And I know our DTK folks follow us watching us and listener going, you haven't mentioned Willie Gay Jr. Well, here he is. And I'm also super stoked to see what we have in this guy. When you watch the video, I said it the day we drafted him. You see DJ in his game. There's Derek Johnson in his game. And covering and being a missile and making key uh, exceptional plays, this guy seems to bring that to this linebacker room, and they need a guy like that. Man, that's going to be one of the guys. He's going to have such a tremendous uh, pair of shoes to fill. When you talk about some of the greatest linebackers that have ever played here, you talk about Jim Lynch, uh, you talk about uh, Willie Lanier. We already mentioned uh, DJ. Uh, you talk about Gary Spaney um, and, and a number of guys like that. I think the, the 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 mold and the frame and the body of work this guy brings. He's a little bit heavier, but when I look at his playmaking ability and the way he attacks the ball and understands pass coverage and run field, I'm thinking of a I'm thinking of a guy like Donnie Edwards. I'm thinking of a guy who can patrol the center of any defense can bring it on the run game, can get underneath and help in the passing game, great hands, great knowledge. Um, but when he gets there, he gets there angry. 
he he always inflicts pain on people when he hits them. And I think Donnie did that at a great level for a long time here um, on on at Arrowhead Field um, at Arrowhead Stadium. So um, that that's the guy who I'm looking forward to um, just seeing how he he learns the game. He, he learns the game, understands his role, but is able to just maximize his opportunity, make an immediate impact on his defense because there's room for our, our rushing attack our rushing defense to to really take some leaps and bounds if we can get a linebacker that can definitely fill a hole, shed blocks, angle make tackles. We we got some guys to play it well, but a guy that can play it in an all pro level, I think Willie Gay Jr. might be that guy. I'm with you, but if we don't mention Bobby Bell in this discussion, he's going to walk out of that closet <laughs> over your left shoulder and walk in and box your ears. And then he's going to step out behind this curtain I got behind me and box mine. Bobby Bell, we got you, Bobby. So we didn't forget about you, brother, because he kind of fits. He was way ahead of his time. Yes, he was. I love your Donnie Edwards analogy because Donnie was ahead of his time, too. But let's just bring this up with Willie Gay Jr. Because we think about him being an attacking player. But his coverage skills, he had a 91% pro football focus grade his junior year, sophomore year at Mississippi State when he played the entire year. But I think of this, let's just take this division. Um, Eckler, um, uh, Melvin Gordon, and Lindsey with the Broncos. You look at Josh Jacob with the Raiders. And this is stuff you had to cover in your career. The arrows out of the backfield, the circles, the F post, a little bit deeper route. And you got to cover those guys as a linebacker. And those have become very effective plays, not only for the Chiefs, but for our opponents. So when you get a Willie Gay Jr. or perhaps a Dorian O'Daniel, We've seen it even with Ben Neiman. The pressure that's on the linebackers now in this league to cover the circles, the arrows, the F posts, and to cover from that 5 to 7, maybe to 12 yards to 15 yards, what that can bring to this linebacker room if Willie Gay Jr. can do that. Man, I always talk about being the hammer and not the nail. And so you got to decide in your career which one you're going to be. You're going to be the guy that, that, that inputs and, 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 and presses <laughs> And, and, and slams that hammer down and enforces that force and pressure, or you're going to be the guy that accepts it. There are a lot of linebackers in our league that act like they're the nail. They allow the offensive guy to dictate how they're going to release, when they're going to release, um, and, and where and what time and how they're going to run the routes. But then you have a set of linebackers that they, they, bring it, they bring that pressure on that quarterback just enough to make that running back hesitate. Because that running back and tight end are always responsible for your linebackers. There's always uh, a blitz pickup or a hot pickup where those those running backs have to check right before they leave. Um, and and that's the that's the intimidation factor that a guy like Willie Gay can bring to a, a defense where the offensive coordinator in that running back room and the opponent's um, running back room are always going to be like, we can't let this guy have a free shot on our quarterback. If he has a free shot on a quarterback, he might put him out for the year. And so every running back we play has to check Willie Gay before he leaves. He has to check the hitman before he before he goes out on his route. He has to know that those two guys aren't coming free to kill our quarterback before they get out in their routes. And usually that hesitation allows the defensive line to get there. And it allows your pass coverage angles and everything to be so much easier. So the, the intimidation factor, the, the nastiness that he plays with, the amount of uh, ground he can cover in, in, with, with his 40 time. And then he has such a, a understanding of, of proper angles and fits and how to stay between the, the, the ball carrier, I mean, the uh, quarterback and the receiver um, coming out of the backfield. All of those things mold together to be one of the most impactful elements, I think, where our defense can really take a, a big leap in the 2020 season. 
Then I'm going to throw in the rest of the guys here in this room, Emmanuel Smith, Darius Harris, who are both veterans, then the rookies, Amari Cobb, who played a defensive player of the year at Marshall as a free agent, and then also University of Cincinnati linebacker Brian Wright. So those guys kind of all lumped together. The camp, now here's where we go with the traditional camp battle, because to me, the Chiefs kept six linebackers last year. Remember, mm -hmm. Reggie Ragland's gone. He went to, to Detroit. And we've mentioned five here. If they keep six, depending on how the numbers flow with this COVID environment, see what the league allows, there could be a spot open for a race of the guys that I mentioned. That is a camp battle. Not only then, we'll talk about this too as camp proceeds with you and me and also with, with uh, BJ and Matt and Nick, is that you're not only competing against the other linebackers, you're competing against how that, that roster is going to be formed. How many DLs? This team is loaded at DL. We're going to get into that next week. We talked about the corners. We'll talk about the safeties in a couple weeks. But there may be a spot here for one of those guys to flash out of nowhere, but they're also competing against, hey, they got to show, and particularly Dave Tobe, that they can be the kind of players that Pringle was and Neiman was in the Super Bowl in making those coverage plays. Yeah, and, I, and you know, the, the guys that jumped in my mind are a guy like Danny Clark, a guy like Dehani Jones. These are guys that were, were, were super versatile, extremely effective on special teams, not only could play outside linebackers, maybe a middle and sub packages, but also could put their hand in the dirt and bring immediate pressure off the edge. That is exactly what Reggie Ragland was last year. Yeah, he he, he counted as a, as a linebacker as far as the roster spot, but he was all over the place. He was able to, to wherever we needed him to be for that package, for that game to be effective, he was able to go in there and, and, and play at a very high level. So when you talk about these guys, they are all around 6'2", 6'3", 235 to 245, could put on 10 pounds if needed to play a rush-in rush type position, could lose a little bit of weight to play sub package. They could fluctuate into so many different categories that I would love to see what these guys are going to do come training camp, what kind of body of work they come you know, when, when it's time to check in. And then when it's time to get after that camp, we're going to see who, who, who can kind of uh, separate themselves from the men and the boys. And that's what you that's what's so exciting about that upcoming season and these preseason games and the camp battles is sometimes you're going to have guys, five guys fighting for one seat at the table. And we're going to see which dog uh, uh, can go hunt the, the, the hardest and which guy wants it the most. And that's going to be the guy that actually adds to your roster. But as we close it out in this edition of Defending the Kingdom, camp battles with the linebackers, I think we can suffice it to say this. If the Chiefs are going to run it back and they're going to be the first repeat since the Patriots of the 03-04 season, it might very well be this room. If this group, singularly, collectively, takes a jump from here to here, the way they, in the, the way they played in the playoffs and especially like the Super Bowl at the end of the game, this team will have a shot at running it back because of these linebackers. Yeah, the linebackers are a position that I think that if there's anything that can take leaps and bounds, is our, our cornerback play just needs small improvement. We know where our safeties are. Our safeties was that that position was one of the best in the league. But our linebacker group is a is a is a group of there, there's some natural born leaders there. And I think that they feel like over and over again they get disrespected. And I kind of <laughs> like that. I want to see them come to camp with a little edge on their shoulder, a little chip on their shoulder, thinking that, okay, you, you doubted us last year, but now we're going to be the lead dogs. We're going to lead these, these this, this pack of wolves, and we're going to get after your quarterback. So I'm really excited to see what this, this crew of linebackers does when we're in the training camp and um, um, get ready for that 2020 season. All right. You mentioned up here. That's where we're going to go next week. That's the defensive line, yeah. and they are quickly becoming one of the best groups 
in the National Football League. Shop, I hope you and your family enjoy the uh, Independence Day holiday weekend. And uh, blessings to you as we continue to move on. Um, and uh, in the COVID environment, as we also continue to work for uh, equality in this country uh, and, um, and just to make it a better place to live for everyone. So thanks, my friend. And we'll get after the defensive line next week. Let's go. We are KC, man. We always can do it together. The community comes close together. Um, we got to stay safe or stay safe. Either way, uh, we got to bring the community close and keep that communication. Let's keep talking it out. Let's keep talking it out. He's the barbershop. He's the shop. He's the Spider-Man. I'm Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Chiefs. Next week, we'll open the barbershop again as we go to the defensive line on defending the kingdom. Thanks for listening to the Chiefs Official Podcast Network.